أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فتعالى الله الملك الحق ولا تعجل بالقرآن من قبل أن يقضى إليك وحيه وقل رب زدني علما بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله ونحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا من سيئات أعمالنا من يحد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to the Peaceful Wisdom Islamic Podcast. It is week three of Ramadan. How is everyone doing? And they're fasting. And reading. And reading Quran. And Ibadah. And... Have you been praying Tarwiyah at home? At the Masjid? Have you increased Ithqar? Your dhikr? Here in Egypt, they started doing Tarwiyah in the Masjid. Yep. We're not able to go, but it's really, 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 really beautiful to listen to. Yep. So today, we are reading from chapter 4, chapter truthfulness. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qala Allahu Ta'ala, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Surah Tawbah, ayat 119. O you who believe, be afraid of Allah and be with those who are true in words and deeds. وقال تعالى والصادقين والصادقات سورة الأحزاب 35 The men and women who are truthful in their speech and deeds وقال الله تعالى فلو صدقوا الله لكان خير لهم سورة محمد ayat 21 Then if they had been true to Allah it would have been better for them Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu reported the Prophet ﷺ said, Truth leads to piety, and piety leads to Jannah. A man persists in speaking the truth until he is enrolled with Allah as truthful. Falsehood leads to vice, and vice leads to the, f- to the fire, hell. And a person persists on telling lies until he is enrolled as a liar. Al-Bukhariun wa Muslim. In the footnote below, a sidq, voracious, or truthfulness, and kathab, lying, or liar. Both are adjectives of, of intensive degree. That is to say, the words stand respectively for someone whose truth has become his second nature. And in the opposite case, one is a liar who is the habit of telling lies. As one acquires a reputation in this world for his good or bad deeds, Similar is his position before Allah. Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhuma said, I remember these words from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Give up what is doubtful to you for that which is not doubtful, for truth is peace of mind and falsehood is doubt. In the footnote below, this hadith leads us to the conclusion that one must always avoid doubtful things so that he does not do anything unlawful. And that is the end of chapter four. 
I have no commentary because I feel that this was very clear, you know. Yeah. May I, I do have to say is that may Allah make us the, the of the truthful and protect us from the Sadiqun. lying and from anything that is displeasing. May Allah protect us from the hellfire. I mean, and the punishment of the grave. I mean, just general for those. I mean, I mean. Now we go on to our second chapter. Chapter 5, Watchfulness. قال الله تعالى الذي يراك هين تقوم وتقلبك في ساجدين Surah 26, Ayat 218 and 219. Who sees you, O Muhammad ﷺ, when you stand up alone at night for tahajjud prayers and your movements among those who fall, who fall prostrating to Allah and the five compulsory congressional prayers. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ Surah Hadid, Ayat 4 And he is with you by his knowledge, wheresoever you may be. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِمْ شَيْءٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Surah Al-Imran, Ayat 5. Truly nothing is hidden from Allah in the earth or in the heavens. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَبِرْمِصَادِ Surah Al-Fajr, Ayat 14. Verily, your Rabb is ever watchful over them. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِي السُّدُورِ Surah Al-Ghafir, Ayat 19. Allah knows the fraud of the eyes and all that the breast conceals. Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu said, Once we were sitting in the company of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when there appeared a man dressed in very white clothes and having extraordinary black hair, no signs of fatigue of journey appeared on him, and he was known to none of us. He sat down facing the Prophet ﷺ, leaning his knees against his knees on of the Prophet ﷺ, and placing both of his palms over his two thighs and said, O Muhammad ﷺ, tell me about Islam. He ﷺ replied, Islam is to testify that none has the right to be worshipped but Allah, and that Muhammad ﷺ is the messenger of Allah, and that you observe a salat, Prayers, pay zakat, charity, observe some fasting of Ramadan, and perform hajj, pilgrimage of the, ha- uh, of the Kaaba, provided you have resources of making journey to it. He replied, you have spoken the truth. We were surprised to see that he had asked him and confirmed the, correct- the correctness of the answers. He then inquired, tell me about Iman, faith. He وسلم, said, It is to believe in Allah and his books and his messengers in the last day and that you believe in the foreordainment or qadr, its bad and good consequences. He said, You have spoken the truth. He then inquired, Tell me about Ihsan. He وسلم, said, It is to worship Allah as if you are seeing him and although you do not see him, he sees you. He inquired, inform me about the hour, i.e. the day of resurrection. He, sallallahu alayhi wa replied, I have no more knowledge thereof than you. 
He said, inform me about the sum of its signs. He said, they are that a bondswoman gives birth to her own master and that you will find the barefooted, naked, poor shepherds competing one another in the construction of higher buildings. Then he departed. The messenger of Allah kept silent for a while. Then he said to me, O Omar, do you know who the questioner was? I replied, Allah and his messenger know better. The Prophet said, He was Jibreel, Gabriel. He came to you to teach you your religion. Sahih Muslim. In the footnote below, this hadith is known as Hadith Jibreel. It mentions the basics of Islam, the detail of which are known to every Muslim. Al-Qadr, divine foreordainment, means that Allah already knows and had recorded everything that will happen until the day of resurrection. Now, whatever happens is in accordance with that knowledge and writing. What is meant by its good and bad consequences can be illustrated by saying that tranquility, prosperity, and abundance of crops come in the category of good consequences, whereas famine, calamities, and troubles, etc. fall on the list as evil consequences. But we regard them good or bad according to our own understanding. Otherwise, every action of law has some wisdom and expedience which are known to him alone. Abu Dhar and Mu'adh bin Jabal radiyallahu anhuma reported that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said fear Allah wherever you are do good deeds after doing bad ones the former will wipe out the later and behave decently towards the people At-Tirmidhi graded Hassan in the footnote below virtue obliterates vice means that virtue becomes atonement for sin but this applies to minor sins only because the major ones will not be forgiven without a sincere repentance. Similar is the case of encroachment on public rights, which will not be forgiven without their compensation. Ibn Abbas said, One day I was riding behind the Prophet when he said, Oh boy, I will instruct you in some manners. Be watchful of Allah. His command, the commandments of Allah. He will preserve you, safeguard his rights, and he will be ever with you. If you beg, if you beg, beg of him alone. And if you need assistance, supplicate to Allah alone for help. And remember that if all the people gather to benefit you, they will not be able to benefit you except that which Allah has foreordained for you. And if all of them gather to do harm to you, they will not be able to afflict you with anything other than that which Allah has preordained preordained predestined against you the pens have been lifted and the ink has dried up another narration is the messenger of allah وسلم, said safeguard the commandments of allah you will find him before you remember him in prosperity and he will remember you in adversity be sure that which you miss was not to hit you and what hits you was never me- never meant to miss you Remember that the help of Allah is obtained with patience and relief emerges after distress and prosperity follows adversity and hardship is followed with ease. In the footnote below, one, no one has the power to to change the decision of Allah. Two, whatever trouble one has to suffer in this world, it does not last forever Every trouble is followed by prosperity and pleasure and happiness. Three, one should never ask other than Allah, Allah anyone's help 
and supernatural way because it amounts to ascribing partnership with the law. If a person is mindful of the rights of a law, then a law in return takes care of his needs and helps him. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that he heard the Prophet saying, There were three men among Benu Israel, one leper, one bald, and one blind. Allah wanted to test them. He therefore sent to them an angel who came to the leper and asked him, What would you like the best? He replied, A good color, a good skin, and to be rid of what makes me loathsome to the people. He, the angel, rubbed him, and his loathsomeness vanished, and he was given a good color and a good skin. He then asked him what type of property he would like best. The leper replied that he would like camels, or perhaps he said cattle, for as Haq, one of the subnators of the Hadith, was uncertain, either said camels or cattle. He was given a pregnant she-camel. The angel evoked for Allah's blessing on it. The angel then went to the bald man and asked him what he would like the best. And he replied, good hair and to be rid of what makes me loathsome to the people. The angel ran his, he ran his head over him and he was given good hair. He then asked him what property he would like the best. He replied that he would like cattle. So he was given a pregnant cow. The angel invoked Allah's blessing on it. The angel then went to the blind man and asked him what he would like best. And he replied, I wish that Allah restore my sight to me so that I may see people. Thereupon the angel ran his hand over him, over him and Allah restored his sight. The angel then asked what property he would like the best. He replied he would like sheep, so he was given a pregnant ewe. Flocks and herds were produced for the three men, the first having a valley full of camels, the second one a valley full of cows, and the third one a valley full of sheep. Then the angel came in the form of a leper to the one who had been a leper, and said, I am a poor man, and my resources have been exhausted in my journey, and my only means of reaching my destination are dependent on the law and then on you. So I ask him by you who, have, who gave you the good color, the good skin, and the property, for a camel by which I may get to my destination. He replied, I have many dues to pay. The angel then said, I think I recognize you. Were you not a leper whom the people found loathsome and a poor man to whom Allah gave property? He replied, I inherited this property through generations. The angel said, if you are telling a lie, may Allah return you to your former condition. The angel went in the form of a bald man to the one who had been bald and said the same as he had said to the former, and received a similar reply. So he said, If you are telling a lie, may Allah return you to your former condition. The angel then went to the one who had been blind, and said, I am a poor traveler, and my resources have been exhausted in my journey. My only means of reaching my destination are dependent on law and then on you. So I ask you by him who restored your eyesight for a sheep, by which I may get to the end of my journey. He replied, Yes, I was blind, and Allah restored my eyesight. So take what you wish, and leave what you wish. I swear by Allah that I shall not argue with you today to return anything you take. I give it for Allah's sake. The angel said, Keep your property. You have all simply been put to a test, and Allah is pleased with you and displeased with, with both of your companions 
Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Oh, great reminder. You never know how you're going to be tested. I think something we always forget in what you read was about that nothing is hidden from Allah in the heavens and the earth. I mean, if you just take a moment and reflect on that, nothing is hidden from Allah and in the he heavens knows, and the earth. And he knows every leaf that falls. Yeah. Every piece of sand. And everything is that of Allah's cutter. Right. SubhanAllah. And every atom that is on this earth. And verily Allah is watching, ever watching. And then the other one was Allah knows all that is concealed in your heart. I know that Allah Akbar <clears throat> means Allah is the greatest. But I, I feel like the words just do not magnify how great he is to be the all seeing, seeing the all hearing overwatch he he can like he's overwatching us he knows what's in our hearts allah akbar you know and i think that whether it be a trick of shaitan shaitan regime or just forgiveness you know we forget that and i think that Inshallah, if we can remember that, even on a like daily basis, yep, it will help bring some, you know, taqwa and and put us in our place, you know, yep. protect us from sinning. Inshallah. And also, there's hadith or a verse in the Quran that says, "If you come to Allah walking, oh, it's in the Quran. It's in the Quran. If you come to Allah walking, He will come to you running. And if Remembering from the uh, chapter of watchfulness. Mm. And the Prophet said, so be watchful of Allah and his rights. Yeah. And it applies to this ayat aslan. Also, I had a reminder too in what we read was that sometimes we're being tested. Yep. And we think, and yeah, of course that test is for us, but it also can be a test or a reminder for the people that are around you, maybe your children. You know, maybe you're a husband or wife. Whatever you're going through right now could be a reminder. Maybe a way to get them closer to Allah. You know, and so I think going along with Qatar, we have to be, you know, have sabr mm-hmm. and and <clears throat> be grateful. And it can be very hard when we're in really difficult times. Maybe a death or... You know, because like loss of property, yeah, loss of wealth. Yeah, Allah said that He will test us with death, loss of property, even fruit. You know, and so in those really difficult times to have sabr, because you just—I know it's difficult, but you just don't know who who it's who you're being reminding for other people. You're being an example for other people, and it may not be your only test. It might be the people around you that's their test too. You know, Subhanallah. Allah is perfect in the way he tests Allah is perfect in the way he punishes And perfection is for him and him alone SubhanAllah And the name of Allah of the week Is Al-A'la Al-A'la The Most High So today is week 3 Of Ramadan Yep And you know what's approaching right Laylat al-Qadr well, I was going to say the last 10 days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the last 10 days of Ramadan is coming, which is the time that we seek Laylatul Qadr. Yeah. And. And maybe Ittikaf. Oh, I miss Ittikaf. Yeah. 
You know, I haven't seen I haven't seen anyone be doing Intacaf or like Mashed's offering Intacaf anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I miss it. Being yeah. able to stay in the masjid and just literally just focus yep. on Allah yourself. I think it's really important right now in the third week also is is to really reflect on the last two weeks mm-hmm. what has been a weakness, what you haven't been able to do, what you've chosen not to do, yep. and how to change that. I think f- another thing that we should talk about is how do we increase... Are you better than the last 10 days? Well, one way is itikaf. Anytime you do what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did, and with the intention that you want to please Allah by doing and emulating His ways, you get rewarded, you know. So if you're able to, I don't know what the situation is in the world yeah. uh, right now regarding or that. wherever you're listening from. <laughs> we did itikaf in America. Yep. We never were able to do it to calf in Egypt or Morocco. They usually just let men do it to calf, not women. Yeah. Well, and with all the things going on right now, <clears throat> I don't think it has been open. No. But I hope that if you're able to, you should definitely do it. I Having those last 10 days, if you have the opportunity, is just literally focus Reflect on yourself, your character, your heart, your sins, you know, the effort you go to, through to, you know, gain reward, the effort you go through to try to help other people, your family, you know, educate your family, how much effort you go through on a daily basis to increase or remind yourself of Islam, you know, this is a very important you know, time because in Ramadan in general, Shaitan and I would blame the Shaitan regime is locked up. You know, Jahannam is locked. Jannah is open. So this is a beautiful time to rectify our hearts, rectify our deen and iman. Also reflect on your family. You know, the ones that you are the shepherds of. The responsibility. Right? And your responsibility, and really reflect on that, and maybe try to. If anything needs to be, you know, changed, you can put some kind of plan or forethought into that. Yep. I think another thing that should be talked about, too, is, like, how do you maximize the last 10 days if you're at home? Yeah. Because there might be some sisters out there who cannot go to Tarawiyah because of their children or because of whatever. And maybe your work. But how can we maximize the last 10 days? Without going to Qiyam al-Layl, the masjid, for example. Well, I know for us, we created a spot. Yep. Right? We created a quote-unquote masjid spot. It doesn't have to be fancy. No. We just have, you know, carpet and a Quran stand Mm -hmm. for reading. And it has no images, Mm -hmm. you know. I know that can be hard with, like, you know, in general images at home, but... If you homeschool or even like education or just have books and stuff like that around, it's kind of hard. So we make sure that the area that we pray in doesn't have images and stuff. Yep. That's it. But it's a place where at any moment in time, not only for prayer, we can go there 
we can it's a quiet space yeah it's a quiet space it's i think kind of in the furthest space our house is small so but it's in the not a very heavy trafficked area it's not near the living room or anything like that and we just you know pray there pray there and you can go and reflect and so on and so forth i read quran i think another thing is that you can perform tarawih at home mm, yeah any amount of odd number of rakat so Let's say, for example, you're only able to make two raga and uh, one witr. That's fine. If you're able to make four, great. You're able to make six, wonderful. Able to make eight, that's great. Because I know some people, you might be home with children, but even just getting that two rakas in for Torawiyah is very important. And the intention. And the intention. You know, like what we learned last week is that the intention, the niya. Yeah, uh, you know, and you get rewarded even if you like. You let's say your intention is to to do you know a half an hour's worth of tarawiya, and you're not able to do that. Maybe a kid gets sick, you know, or yeah. something, and or you know, children they just they can't handle it. Or maybe you just don't feel good. Yeah, you know, but you're in and because your nia was that you're gonna do it. Now you've gotten a reward. Yeah, and another thing is is that. Is the last ten days, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he would be even, he would do even more worship mm-hmm. in the last ten days, standing as much as he could, standing as much as he could, praying as much as he could. I would suggest, and this is a, a suggestion for every Ramadan, is if you have a planner or if you have a notebook, if you're into bullet journaling, make a section that's for your du'a list. Mm. It could be du'as that you learned. It could be a dua specific to people or to your family or a specific situation. You ask Allah. And yeah, don't forget the people that have died. And don't forget the people who did not make it to this Ramadan. No. May Allah have mercy upon them all. Amen. And make a list. I mean, take five minutes. Make it like your Ramadan journal. And take five minutes every day to write into it. And write your duas in it. And then... I would suggest sitting down in that little spot that you make. And again, it don't have to be fancy. It'd be a closet too, honestly. These what walk-in it, closets? Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little closet, you just, you know, they now I've got these fancy fanus or candles that look like real candles, but are not. Yeah. You know, you can bring that in there. and Yeah, and you just pray. And have your book with you. You don't necessarily have to be in sujood. You don't necessarily have to memorize everything. You could just be sitting reading from your duwalist mm-hmm. to Allah. It's best in sujood, but, you know, if you don't remember the whole thing. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Why is it better in sujood is because that's the closest we are to Allah is when we're in sujood. Yep. So now we are going to move on to the two duas. Wait, I had a point, though, about oh, okay. the cutter. Go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to remind the people that narrated by Ibn Abbas, the Prophet wasallam said, Little the color is in the last ten days, either the first nine first of the nine or the last seven. Okay? But then there's another hadith narrated by Omar uh, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, Seek the little color in the last seven days, narrated by Abu Ara. Whoever establishes prayer on the night of Laylat the Qadr out of sincere faith and hope to attain Allah's reward, again, there's that intention, mm-hmm. 
then all of your past sins are forgiven. I don't think that we can pass that up. That is so huge, so important. And not only that, if a law chooses and maybe your color was to be maybe in the negative, like to be bad or have a lot of tests, and I don't want to use the word bad, but have a lot of tests, a law could change it and have and have you have a lot of buttaka instead, you know? And so I know that with a lot of things that are going on in this dunya right now, and there's a lot of fitna, like a lot of tribulations going on, and there's a lot of distractions, good or bad, can be a lot of distractions. I just sincere Nasiya here, push and try to just, you know, Allah asked for one month. That's it. One month. Mm-hmm. And he promised you and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't go back on his promises, right? He promised that he will forgive you of all of your sins, all of your previous sins. Right. As long as you as long as you have sincere faith and hope in attaining his reward on this one day. And of course, we don't know the day. No. And there's a hikmah in that. Because if you knew the day, Allah doesn't want you to just come on that one day, right? Right. And anyways, he can change your color any day. But this day he promised, you know, that he will forgive you your sins. And he may change your color for good. And another thing I wanted to add, too, is that it doesn't have to just be prayers because the Prophet would increase his, his ibadah. What is ibadah? You could be the, mm. It could be giving his a cat. Mm. It could be giving charity and also could be praying. Or just being good. I mean, smiles are as a form of charity, right? Yep. Another thing, and I think a lot of people fall into this, last 10 days, shopping. Yeah. Shopping time. Because, you know, Eid is coming. Mm-hmm. Now, pro tip, get the Eid presents before Ramadan. Mm. And just hide them somewhere. Yeah. Honestly. Or get them after. Or get them after. Yeah. Because. Or don't get them. I'm going to throw that out there. Because the fact of the matter is, is the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't necessarily give gifts. Yeah. You know. Well, And then we're talking about something else like clothing. Yeah. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but I'm just saying is like, I think that gifts have been really like pressed upon mm-hmm. in, um, in our Muslim Ummah for the fact of like making people, like especially children, not feel left out, left out or different mm-hmm. than other religions out there. Yep. And the fact of the matter is we are different. Yeah, we are. And that's okay. And this month is to get closer to Allah. This month, subhanAllah, also the hikmah of Ramadan is also for you to increase and then change your character. Yep. So if you're if you're reading practicing, I was going to say, if you're reading Quran daily in mm-hmm. this month, inshallah, you'll be doing that throughout the whole year. Yep. That's a good way of gaining habits, good good habits. Mm-hmm. So the new year, if you start you know, doing uh, daily rewards, you having an intention to do, you know, something to gain a reward, a good deed, uh, you know, that, what do they say? They say, if you pr- do something for two weeks, seven days, yeah, seven, seven days, days two weeks, yeah, yeah, it becomes a habit. Yep. So subhanAllah, look at the hikmah of Allah. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to succeed. 
He wants us in Jannah. He wants to forgive us. He wants to show us mercy. You know, he, it, subhanAllah. So don't forget what what Ramadan is for. And what it's know? about. And I understand Eid is, is for getting together and, and celebration. Alhamdulillah, inshallah, Allah, forgive us and have mercy on us. But don't let it interrupt this opportunity. I think, too, that a lot of times people, I won't say worry, but it's an occupation. Like, at the last 10 days, people start thinking about what they're going to eat, yeah. where they're going to go, who they're going to see, which cousins they're going to go kick it with at the last 10 days. And it's like, yeah. you have no idea what's going to happen on Eid or when Eid is. Yeah. <laughs> and another reminder, don't fall in haram. Right, exactly. I, I see a lot of, a lot of knows best the reasons, but I see a lot of people using credit cards, mm. which is Haraba. Because of Reba. Yeah. And... So don't fall into haram to trying to make a day to make a day. Yeah, because you always like right. do something another day. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can't afford it in that point in time. Right. Another thing I thought about, too, is that what if you, for example, let's say for five consecutive years, you've been giving your kids gifts. What if you turn the table and you say, OK, we're going to get that gift you really like, but we're going to give it to so-and-so's kid who can't afford to have a gift. Oh, that's a good idea. It's in a way it's teaching yeah. also that you want for your brother what you want for yourself. Mm. And I don't I, I don't remember where I read it, but I think I read it in a book somewhere when I was younger. And there was a story I read and someone's aunt had made a beautiful feast and they were so excited about it. She had been fasting all day and then she took the her aunt took the food to her neighbor mm. and they had rice and soup. And she was so sad because it was like really special foods that they made. And her aunt said, every Ramadan, we have, you know, this type of meal. Yeah. But our neighbors don't. So this year, we're going to bring the special food to them so they can experience what we have every single year. This is a quick thought. And now we are going to start our two duas of the week. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب فإني قريب أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعان فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون So, as usual, going to say word for word, and then part by part, and then sentence by sentence. Here we go, Bismillah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu Bika min sharri ma astaada 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 minu nabiyuka muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa anta al mustaanu 
وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة ولا قوة إلا بالله Again, part by part. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما من شر ما استعاذ من شر ما استعاذ من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله And again, all together. اللهم إني إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله And this means O Allah I ask you for all the goodness that your Prophet Muhammad وسلم, asked for before. And I seek refuge from all the evils that your Prophet, that your Prophet Muhammad وسلم, sought refuge from before. From. Sought refuge from. You are the only source of help for me. And the witness is for you. There is no power and no strength except with you. And the second du'a of the week is specifically for Laylatul Qadr, which is Allahumma innaka afuwum tuhibbu tuhibbul afu fa'fuwanni or if you're in a group it'd be fa'fuwanna Allahumma innaka afuwum tuhibbu تحب العفو عفو فعفو عنا Again, we'll say it together in a sentence. اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فعفو عنا Or if you're by yourself, you say عني عني is me and عنا is us. Which means, oh Allah, really you are the off-pardoning and you love to pardon, so pardon me. And if you say no, it would be pardon us. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the program. May Allah bless, guide, protect you and your families in this life and the next. And protect us all from the hellfire. Ameen. Grant us general for those. And may Allah Ameen. accept a Ramadan from us. Ameen. And may we end this Ramadan victorious. Inshallah, <laughs> <laughs> successful. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at peacefulwisdom underscore podcast. And follow us on our blog. And as always, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.